Right, everybody, thanks for hitting the download button. And a happy Thanksgiving again to everybody. For those who celebrated the Thanksgiving holidays, we hope that it was a certainly a safe uh, matter. Today being November 27th, uh, 2020, it is officially... It is officially... Oh, it is officially Black Friday in the United States and all around the world. And we hope everybody again continues to stay safe and stay healthy during this holiday season. I'm coming to you on location from the magnificent Sixers Fieldhouse here in Wilmington, Delaware. And I am thrilled to be joined by a very special guest. One of my favorite people that I've been following a lot on the Instagram. And anybody who's been following this young lady on Instagram, her name is Adriana Hahn. And she's a former three-year star at Villanova University, three-time Delaware Gatorade Women's Player of the Year at Ursuline Academy. Uh, had the chance to really watch her career grow from high school into college. And I thought, this woman can't play. She's too beautiful. Women like her should not be playing. They should be thinking about becoming a lady. This woman plays like she's a girl. It's, it's amazing. It's unbelievable. I couldn't believe it. I couldn't understand it. And, of course, the famous the famous line that everybody talks to her about is the ex-girlfriend of former Silesian and NBA player Dante DiVincenzo. And, of course, she gets mad every time I talk to her again about that. You get, uh, you get uh, pissed every time oh, you talk about I that. Th- yeah. I think you just made that your own title I right did. now. I that did. I title. did. Now, I did. Now they're going to believe it even more. <laughs> no. No, I, 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 I understand. A couple of, hey, Adriana, Adriana Hahn, welcome it's to the Voice Report. It's great to talk to you. It's great to see you again. What, what, excuse me, what you got going on now these days uh, down here in Wilmington? Uh, well, one, thank you, Voice, so much for having me. I think you uh, definitely got the best voice out of everyone <laughs> that I've talked to. Uh, and done podcasts you do, with. I know you do a lot of podcasts. I go on your Instagram page a lot. Yep. And uh, we're going to talk a little bit about You Hot love my here. Instagram. You I do. love that it's, yeah. I know. No, no, because <laughs> the first time, and I don't want to get into the exact details of what I've seen on your Instagram, some good, some, well. Some good, some great. <laughs> some that are just not appropriate here for this podcast, but it's amazing. But my favorite interview you did was Rod Artest. Oh, Metal World interview Peace. interview with Rod Artest. You talked to a guy named Gary Vitti. Gary Vaynerchuk. Never yes. heard of him. Really? Who is he? Wow. So, so tell us about him. So Gary V is a business entrepreneur guy that really motivates individuals to take the entrepreneur CEO lifestyle. And uh, he's very famous on so many social media outlets. He has his own tea time with Gary Vee in the morning, which was what I got to be on. Yes. Um, he has his media studios in New York, L.A., London. He's a big guy, uh, sports guy. So that's why I follow him at first. But then, you know, he's really like given um, millennials just this new idea and perspective of how to win and succeed in life. It's amazing to believe because, you know, I guess... And I had this interview, I talked about this with Phil Martelli Jr. last night about this. We had a you know, Thanksgiving podcast. And I just think about what basketball has done for all of us. Uh, every guest that I've had, what basketball's done. I want to talk about kind of like, you know, what basketball did for Gary Vanderchuk, what basketball has done for you. Yeah. You were trained by your coach who went to Ursuline here mm-hmm. in the Delaware area, one of the great high schools mm-hmm. in women's basketball, trained by John Newton, and a little bit, I think, by your dad, if I remember correctly. Oh, yeah, correctly. a lot. So you a were lot. trained a lot by your dad. Oh, yeah. He was, so, he was coach number one. I never realized oh, that because yeah. I yeah. always thought that your dad, who was one of my favorite people, 
What exactly methods did he uh, did he give Ooh. you? Well, one just an everyday grind. That was one method in itself. That really? this I has he to just be consistent. Took you out back and just kind of sort of gave a chop and said, That's, no, I "That can't was do it. maybe day one, <laughs> which I don't even remember. <laughs> I don't remember how many days. But no, my dad every day consistent." Um, just being accountable. It's a good relationship with him, oh, right? Yeah. Okay, because a lot of people who get trained by their father, I don't know why, but it's I feel like they have, well, they have a strayed relationship with their fathers. Yeah, I mean, one, I'd say there's phases to it. As you grow and mature, there were reasons. Uh, you know, I didn't understand why he said this or did this to me, why I was this kid that wasn't at the beach in the summer and vacation and beach house here were, and there. you were busy being the basketball. I just needed to get certain things done um, that at the time he knew would yeah. help me in the long run, but I wasn't thinking about college and the dedication and practice and just getting better and trying to be the best. That was one pers- uh, you know, element that he really tried to make me um, develop as a player was to be the best, not yeah. just go out. And, you know, a lot of people shut that down in sports. And I think yeah. this generation has kind of taken it away a little bit. And why is that? You know, I think this idea and concept of wanting to be the best in today's society might be seen as being too conceited or selfish or worried about yourself. A lot of people it's also say they want one, to be the like. best. Yeah, you want to be number one. Right. Everybody always believed that. But I think that this generation doesn't understand what it requires to be the best. Now, I was a big fan uh, of your generation because you were part of the, yeah, they're lowering, right. as we speak, they are lowering the curtain. They want to avoid the face of the right. voice. But um, and, and I, I really want to talk about uh, what it was like, first of all, being a part of this uh, Delaware basketball, Ursuline. And, you know, again, I, 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 I love joking with you about the whole um, you're wearing your Villanova jacket. And you know, I always talk about because the first time really that I met you, I always asked the rumor. So you're pretty good friends with uh, uh, Dante DiVincenzo. And I just and now were you two? You said you two kind of fell apart after college, but you were very close with uh, now. What did you learn from Delaware men's and women's basketball? That's my, my question to you. Yeah, no, I mean, like I'll Dante. clarify I'll clarify it. We uh, were very close in high school, I think, because he went to Sally's. I went to Ursuline, all-boys school, all-girls school, sure. same conference, you know, same grade, both best kids You two had respect for one another. Oh, of course. And before the glory, you know, we were in the gym working out all the time. It was before we built names for each other, and that's something that a lot of people don't understand is that, like, it's easy to match us up, but really, you know, we were – the same before we made anything and happen. you're proud of his success now oh being yeah that i mean he's I, now with the sacramento he yeah. just got traded yeah. a week ago with sacramento mm-hmm. you know he had a great run in the postseason with the with mm-hmm. the milwaukee bucks and, and you seem like you're i mean because you pretty much know his older brother and his mom yep. and his dad John, were i mean great his family well his his brother was always and i i always tell this story his brother was one of the most unusual people i ever met and and but he's such a funny type of person. And of course, I've seen his son because I've seen him at the here at here at the Fieldhouse for the yeah. Blue Coat Games. Mm-hmm. Big big basketball yeah. fan. Oh, yeah. Still goes around wearing a Milwaukee, uh, and I love that about him. And I, I always have. Yeah. And then of course, the mom and dad are two of the nicest people in the world. And and, and we loved him at Team Final. Um, so when it like the other people you played against or played with or got to see play, the Trayvon Duvals and Fabir Ali's and Trayvon Alderman, so. What do you love the most about Delaware basketball? You know, it's interesting because I almost left Delaware basketball. I know that. <laughs> I almost Because I know you were like Dante. Yep. You were basically, because Dante always told me 
that I hate the basketball down here. I wish I could go to the Philly Catholic League or just play Philadelphia. Were you thinking of coming down to the PCL? I was thinking about going, yeah, you know, it was either D.C. or Philly. Now, did you have a relationship with anybody for the Philly Catholic League? Like, did you have a relationship um, with the O'Hara? yes, Shipley. O'Hara. I was going to Shipley. Go to Shipley. You were going to uh, play for Sean. My Sean Costello. Coached Sean Costello. Yep. And he's such a and he's such a great uh, person. And you talk about a nice human being, but also was a great basketball minded person. Now, um, what did Sean teach you when you were playing AAU? Uh, one, he was probably one of the first coaches I ever had that instilled strength and conditioning into basketball workouts. So the level of intensity and physical aspect of the workouts was just ten times higher on a level. Um, he didn't care how good you were. He didn't care how many points you scored. He was going to push you every day. And, and you know, those days I look back, us and the Bells, we, we had to just survive. Well, you were always uh, competitive. I mean, the Bells were always and have been. Oh, yeah. We won Boo Williams. He wanted to be the best. He well, wanted to make our unit the best. basketball is, is as amazing as I've ever seen in a long time. And if I've learned, I mean, even back in the days when you were playing there, I mean, you had the opportunity to play against the best of us. And, and that continued when you went over to Ursuline and you had just uh, had the chance to watch Elena Deladon, who a lot of people are saying has become one of the greatest players in the history of Delaware basketball. And did you pick up any uh, style, any techniques from her when, when you attended? Yeah, definitely shooting. Shooting. Um, my dad would make me watch her games. We would go to Ursuline. I would watch them on TV when she went to University of Delaware. How much older are uh, is, So the we're age about difference? seven years apart. Okay. But I had a, re- a relationship with Elena when I went to the Ursuline summer basketball camp in fourth grade. Um, she was a counselor, saw that my skill and potential was above and beyond everybody there. She took me to a WNBA game one night Did within she? the camp. Okay. Ended up having a sleepover with her. And, 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 you know, D.C. is the closest WNBA team. So we went down, boom, came back. Next morning I go to camp. It was the most unreal moment, but also, you know, a dream come true for a kid. Because you were such a big fan of her. Yeah. I mean, you know, I already knew I would probably go to Ursuline after that. Um, I was introduced to John Noonan from her, so I actually met Elena before I met John. Um, and then, you know, when I was being recruited for schools, that relationship came back later. And, and I and, talked and, to Elena, and, yeah. you know, she was a great role model for me. She, she um, as a lot of people are saying, it, our, our good friend Jeremy Treatment, play-by-play classics, Rad, the Maggie Lucas were just the girls' play-by-play event. He's always said, and I just brought this up with one of your eighth graders a few, a few minutes ago, that... Um, Elena Deladon is considered the greatest women's basketball player, not just in the history of Delaware. A lot of people are saying here in the Northeast. And she set records in that classic. I think she averaged like 32 or 33 a game. And she was amazing when it came to just, just watching. I remember I got a chance to cover her when I was working for Fox Sports. And Joe Biden uh, at the time was the vice president was coming to watch her game. We all know Joe is still is a Delaware boy, graduated from Delaware. Even Joe Biden was impressed that night because I think that was one of the games. It was the first or second round, and I just thought, oh, my God, yeah, she's it. She was 
an amazing influence on young, seemed like mostly young Delaware uh, women. That, that, yeah. that she definitely was mm-hmm. somebody for you. Now, what did John teach you when you were uh, when you were playing for him? Because you know, Ursula, if I remember correctly, the tradition definitely continued after Elena graduates. It seemed like it was a new class because yeah. John tends to get. It's kind of like he goes on a deck on a from chapter to chapter to chapter. What was your chapter like? I will say with Delaware basketball, that actually might be a consistent pattern you see because, one, not a lot of talent flows in and out of Delaware. Usually, like I said before, talent actually leaves Delaware. So, you know, I think that when I look at Delaware basketball, I wanted to try to be that small town girl that gets that national, even global, possibly recognition similar to Elena. You know, granted, she's 6'5". That kind of heightened her... You know, exposure a little bit. Uh, 6'5 girl from Delaware that can shoot the ball and never misses. And can run the floor and be a point guard. That was what was scary. You know, it was like the female version of Giannis before we knew Giannis a little bit. At half of her life, battling health addictions. Yeah. Battling Lyme disease. What she's done. No, what she has done, as I've said, and I know we're just going over this again. um, Tremendous athlete. You kind of, I just think you did your own legacy of, of playing at that school. I think that you became Adriana Hahn and not the second coming of Elena Deladon. Well, that's what I wanted to create. And that's what you did. Because even before, people were like, oh, you know, you'll be the second Elena. You'll be right under, you know, it was always her name brought up, which obviously and, uh, she, yeah. as a player, made sure to do that. That's what the greatest do. They make sure their name lives on. And I thought this woman is, on the wall, yes. whatever. Sure, and I thought this woman... Walk said, talented guard, beautiful as could be. And I thought, she's the most beautiful woman I've ever seen. I've ever seen. <laughs> In eighth grade? Okay, maybe not. <laughs> <laughs> well, we'll definitely no, see. Yeah. No, no, no. But she's a beautiful young lady who's playing at Ursuline. And I'm like, yeah, she could play. Yeah. She's competitive. She's consistent. And from there, you were able to get scholarships. Now, why did mm-hmm. you choose Villanova of all the schools? What I know, who, what were your, first of all, what was your final five? Oh, at the time, so I did commit October of my junior year, which is pretty early. But at the time, and remember, I never took an official visit besides Villanova. I remember that. <laughs> so I do remember that. You know, the visits are extremely different. But at the time, my top schools were probably NC State in the ACC, Virginia Tech, Michigan, Michigan State, Syracuse up north. You had Stanford out west. Oh, you were Syracuse? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Um you know, I visit again. I visited Maryland when I was a freshman. But why did you want to commit UVA. to Villanova and, and a guy like Harry Peretta? I mean, you there's yeah. so we go from Villanova to Harry Peretta, and you know, I had a chance to talk with. I talked to you about this the other day that I talked to his son Michael, and Michael uh, thinks the world of you. Michael's a phenomenal human oh, yeah, being, I and I, I said to Michael, I said, you know, I've been spending a lot of time chatting with Adriana Hahn, and he says, oh, please tell her. I said hello, she's wonderful. Why, of all the schools, the Villanovas? At the time, my expectations and desires changed. We thought that maybe it was because of Dante. No. Oh, I committed first. I did. Yes, I remember that. Yeah. I remember that. Nice try, boys. Yes. (laughs) Yes. But um, no. So why did they change? I don't know. Did you know everything happens? For you a have reason. high expect. You've always had high expectations. Very high what you expectations. Do. And did you think that those expectations were going to grow when you got to Villanova? 
Um, I mean, I always knew I was going up uh, throughout my career anyways. I was never going to decline. Were you, always, or... were you a fan of Villanova basketball when you were a kid? So, ironically, Shipley High School, the high school that I practiced at for AAU and was going to attend, was probably less than a mile from Villanova. So I've Correct. seen it every day from 7th grade to senior year of college. And yet you do. <laughs> and I, my entire do. life I said, I'm not going to go there. You know, didn't down the school at all, but just... You said you weren't going to go to Villanova? You know, they're not in the ACC. I never saw Villanova women's play on TV. I didn't know of a Villanova women's basketball player in the WNBA. It just wasn't the route for me. So you were kind of like thinking that you wanted to use the... Um, kind of like, I'm better than everybody at Villanova because... If I step so on the now, court, yes. so, I can, so then I can vision, beat every player yeah, on that team. My vision changed to, you know, hey, how about be this big fish in a little pond scenario. Which is exactly that what I you and I take have. control. Well, we talked and we've right. talked about this. We've talked about this many times with you know with the Villanova. You've had because um, you gotta remember something. You're coming from like you're just like you said, the big fish in a little pond. Yet on the other side of the pod is a team that has just is about to get ready to win two national championships in three years. Yeah, I didn't. That wasn't on the uh, agenda, boys. Not for you. <laughs> no, I mean, Not I don't even you. think for them, really. Well, no, I and mean, I it's understand. it's always a goal. But they were a competitive type of team. Sure. And, you know, and, and I mean, I've had this converse, you know, I, I got a chance to talk to the former Villanova coach, Keith Ergo, who had the opportunity to go to the 2009 Final Four. Nobody ever realized they would get farther than a Final Four. I think a Final Four is a miracle. I mean, so even after when they graduating were from Villanova, so okay, so you get to, so let's get back to you go to Villanova, and what is the mindset when you had, when you go on campus? Well, uh, as you may know, all athletes have to go to school in the summer. So I actually was at Villanova before I even graduated high school, um, just because summer session starts in May and. High school graduation wasn't until June something. So were you living on Villanova's campus at the I time? I was living on Villanova's and campus. And then you would go back to Delaware to... Uh, on the weekends. Graduated. Sure. You know, when you're a senior, you kind of like... Did you like that? Did you like, Vill- did you like Villanova? I mean, did yes. you like their campus? Did you like yeah. being... I like the main line. Were you uh, able to... Were you happy that a young lady like yourself was able to go out and party? Yes. There's always a balance, boys. There has to be. Look, there's a balance. There you know? is, yes. And, and think about it. I went to an all-girls school. All girls love, you know, yes. girls love to party <laughs> together. Come on. They're, they're not going to be stopped. <laughs> no, but, 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 but again, but you played for such a great coach like a Harry Peretta. And what did Harry instill in you that you learned from someone like John? So I'll say this, and I think if Harry was here, he'd probably agree with me. Um, Harry doubted me. When I came into the program. And why is that? Um, didn't think that my talent would exceed his current players' talents. Didn't probably think that I would, you know, also even though I was very highly recruited, a lot of people politically downplayed my size, my speed, um, didn't think I could get my shot off at the next level, all this BS. So as a player, you know, I always played with having to prove people wrong, which I think heightened my overall work ethic and determination to be the best because there was so much doubt from just wanting to play basketball. Yes. Why is there doubt on a kid when they just want to be the best? You know, I, I, it comes I, with that. Yeah, it's lonely I, at the top, boys. It, uh, <laughs> it, it, it is, but you know what? But you proved everybody wrong. You that's, graduated from Villanova. In that's why three I wouldn't regret years. my decision. So, all right, so. So you're at Villanova, mm-hmm. and around that time, 
you were kind of debating on, hey, do I want to play WNBA or do I want to go into business? And that's when you came up with the idea of Han Hoops, which became, has now become a business. And we're here yes. today again at the Sixers Fieldhouse on Black Friday. You have just taught uh, young girls and young boys at your official Han Hoops basketball camp. Now, when did that idea come up? So the idea actually came up probably a year after I was already out of school. Okay, so it wasn't while you were in no. school. Um, but you I said left, something about while you were in school, you were coming up with You know, with coaches always used to tell me I'd be great at coaching. You know, you know the game really well. You know, you'll teach kids. You'd be a great teacher. I thought I would get it at it at a uh, later age, but, you know, for some reason, like I said, everything happens for a reason, so... So you, everything pretty much between high school and college, it's just all kind of like, this was sort of a like on the fly type thing. Does that include, decision, does that, you know. did that include, did that include doing the business that you were doing, marketing yourself on social media? Did that include that, I guess? I will definitely say the social media came first. It um, came first. Yeah. When I was a sophomore at Villanova, one year already in, that's when I accumulated a audience of over a hundred thousand followers. Now, at the time, that wasn't really a thing back then on Instagram. Everybody wanted it, but it was really rare. Now it's How'd pretty normal. How did your teammates take it? Did your, uh, you did know, your... teammates were a little bit confused, too. Were your roommates um, uh, a little surprised, I guess? Honestly, boys, a lot of people made fun of me for it. Really? Oh, yeah. You know, Because you don't oh, seem like geez. somebody they'd make fun of. It was more just the brand. You know, I'm taking pictures of myself, selfies, I'm having photo shoots, you know. Because a lot I'm of women are, are always trying to take photos of themselves because yeah. they want to look good. You were, but, but you were doing it because you were trying to market yourself in a business perspective. You weren't really trying to do that in like, because a lot of women who, I, I find a lot of women to be, like, you know, they if you ask them, like, who's the president, who's the first president of the United yeah. States, they wouldn't know the answer to that question, but they could know how to take a picture of themselves on a phone. You yeah. were somebody that did it because you were trying to market yourself, even if you had to do it at, I guess, how do we say it as yes. photos we're proud of? Well, you know, at the time, Instagram really wasn't even a platform where people posted pictures of themselves. It was an art platform, posting nature scenes whatever food even now i was creating these pictures to have this beautiful baller brand type of niche but at the same time i still wanted thirty thousand likes voice of course and i'm not gonna deny that people say oh you know you, you didn't want to post on there did it matter followers. Yeah. of course i was trying to get those followers because guess what i was trying to be bigger than villanova men's basketball i was trying to be bigger than you know, I was I was trying to get out in the media production industry, the sports industry. I wanted to be a broadcaster, which meant I had to have a large audience. You know, I so was you you're going for journalism. You were going for journalism at at Villanova. Uh, more digital media studies uh, production. And you wanted to be bigger than Jay Wright and that men's basketball team, which is. As I wanted to make sure that my name. You know, I'm not on the men's team. I'm not on this NCAA stage. I'm not at a championship game final round. In but Texas. you're playing women's basketball in the NCAA level. Yes. I was not going to bring my team to those stages. My skill level is at that caliber. It may not be seen because my team's not going to be there, but I will make sure that my name is in conversation amongst the best and largest network and that's, of professionals. Yeah. No, and, and you, you marketed yourself. To do that, and I just if if oh, I, I pushed it. No, you did, and and 
And then take me through that time you had that meeting with the NCAA. Uh, and I know Jay was, Coach Jay was involved in that. Uh, what happened? So not an NCAA meeting, a school meeting. It was a school yes. meeting. Okay. Yes. Gotcha. So uh, when all of this was happening, you know, Instagram was flooding. So this I was would, right around the time that you building. So this is right around the time you're building your brand. Was this, this meeting was well, after? Well, I was taking pictures in my Ursuline uniform. It just was. It so was this, just, this is going through high school. Yes. It was only a matter of time until it was, and I believed that it would. Why I knew eventually to, so I would get this audience. what made you want to take pictures Because I of knew yourself. I'd have, because my 17, 18, 19, 20-year-old self, for some reason, something was telling me, I can make money from this. I could be respected from this. Yeah. Where you make, you know, I could keep this professionalism and still be in the sports world, but not just in the sports world, like an ESPN broadcaster Fox Sports. No, yeah. I can be more than that because I am these more women, than that. Because these women, and I've worked with quite a few of them when I worked at Fox Sports, I've seen it a thousand well, times. Well, it's also like, did I've that person Aaron. even play that sport? And to me, to be a broadcaster of a sport and you didn't even play it at a high level. But you played it. You know, if you had been a women's broadcaster, or even a men's broadcaster, even if you had been a have, men's broadcaster, it should be a job requirement that you played at the college Absolutely. Level. And that's one of the reasons why I always tell D1. people. Not to be. Well, yeah. Okay, so one of the reasons why I always tell people that if I ever become a, a, a play-by-play announcer of any type of level, I'd like to be the guy that has played that sport or has been around. Uh, More of a commentator, I should say. Yes. yes. Analyzing the game. Absolutely. Yes. Understanding. Well, no, and, and I, don't, I don't disagree with that. Yeah. And then, okay, so, so take me. So what happened at that meeting? Yes. So, boom, called in. Got okay. a phone call. You know, you don't, you don't just get phone calls like that to your phone. So you know, I, I knew something was not up. Not that I was in trouble, but but you knew something was up. Something was out of my control. Okay, and what? Ha- and right. that's scary when something's out of your control. Were you nervous? I think that's no. I just, you know, are you more afraid of something that's out of your control or being in trouble with something? That's a good. Uh, so it was yeah. different. It was a different type of fear. Walk in. Athletic director, Jay, my head coach, uh, Father Peter, you know, got the whole Villanova network. It was perceived as bad. My pictures were a little, you know, out there, and in a sense, I disagreed with that. Um, you know, I was a Villanova basketball basketball player at the time. You know, they were adjusting to it as well, so I have to give them some respect and, and credit a little bit. Um, you said Jake, and, and you said... Uh, a legendary coach like Jay had kind of narked on you. You know, I think, you know, he told me right now you are a Villanova basketball player, and, it, you know, it took me some time to really swallow that and understand what he was saying. Um, he did give me value, though. He said, you know, you do have special talent here. You do can grow an audience. But right now, you know, you are Villanova basketball. And I think they weren't trying to just – keep me as a Villanova basketball player I think that they saw the longevity of my career before I did and if I were to keep posting bikini pictures and you know the pictures social media wants you to see even though I had that you know that's not my ultimate value and I think that I really give them a lot of credit and respect for showing me that before I saw it for myself and before it got out of hand and I think Villanova saw that as this was trickling and creating and, yeah. and so you know for them to step in and 
granted, I del- they made me delete 100 pictures that day, and oh. every picture I had to post, trust and believe it was going to get approved before it was shown to the public. Now, 100,000 people. That's more than the students at the school. I think it Did was you also like that. It, that people were yes, it was admiring already, your pictures in a bathing suit? It was three to four years before that. Having ran, I've had random people follow me. I've had people from the Philippines were, were follow me. Were you okay me. with? Are of you course. Okay? Why and why? Because why would my talent not be seen for the world? Because if I've learned anything, it's to get not get weirded out by people you don't know. And then but that's like people saying, like, oh, the government knows where you are and they know you're. It's their job. And, the government's job is to know. But where you like, are. you're not that important. So for me, I'm not that important. I have 110,000 followers yes i'm important but yeah I, i'm not I, I the i'm not important. beyonce i could do more until i'm there and even when i'm there i'll be doing more the more i do this the more and the more everything is more yeah the farther you get in the larger network the larger network I, I, the you more have work built yourself into a social media type of platform yeah I'm I'm blown away. Like I said, when I look at your Instagram and your Twitter, I think it's it's pretty amazing. I've heard so many great stories about Kobe Bryant, yes, the Black oh. Mamba. Uh, you knew we were going to mention that. We had to. Oh, um, he's always mentioned. I had the chance to meet him uh, when I was writing for Fox Sports. Another one of my uh, early days working as a journalist, and I went down to the D.C. area, and I got a chance to look in on. Team USA's practice, and there's Kobe, and I walked up, I said hello, told him who I was, and, uh, you know, who my boss was, and he gives me a big hug and and says hello. Your story is a little bit different. You're in the Final Four, I understand, and, well, why don't you, I'll have you take me through this. Go on, tell us about what was that experience like with Kobe. No, I've uh, pretty much scripted this story (laughs) since it happened, Okay. because it means so much to me, but... I'm at the Women's Final Four in Cincinnati, Ohio. Okay, that's right. And this was the year that Arike Gumbuale hit the two-game winner buzzer beaters. Yes. Um, and so I have a media pass at the arena, which means, you know, I have that nice credential around your neck. It looks showy and I've everybody just it. lets you through. I'm wearing it a thousand yes, times boys. a day, Adriana. You know, you know that. And uh, I'm sitting in these seats, and all of a sudden a security guard tells me, oh, you got to move. Somebody's coming. You know, my attitude. I'm not getting kicked out of the seat, but if this guy's big, all right, I guess I'll move. An hour goes by. Nobody pulls up to these seats. I'm infuriated now. Man, this guy better be big. Whoever's coming, who shows up an hour late to a game, blah, blah, blah. You know, I'm talking all this stuff. So you're still talking to security. I'm sitting in, yeah, I'm kind of in the tunnel, peeping on the seat, seeing who's around me, complaining to the security guards. So you're in the tunnel. Um... You're not at a seat right now. You're you're standing. I'm watching the seat that they kicked you're me out of. The ga- you're watching, watching the game. Watching the game, watching the seat, watching wow. everything. All right, Who so, is this person? That's really... I'm like, shit. And it takes it could an be hour, anybody. And it took an hour? An hour. So we're all... It's, it's, it's halftime now, I think, of the other game. Or they're warming up. You know how these tournaments yep. have long hours yeah, in between. Course. So I know the assistant athletic director at the time of Notre Dame, who is now the assistant director... Or who is now the athletic director of St. Joe's. That- Yes, of course. And she says, guys, it's Kobe Bryant, the guy who's here, the big guy. And I'm with four to five girls who actually play at St. Joe's at the time. None of my Villanova teammates. Only one of them knows how much love I have for Kobe Bryant. 
She looks at me, you know, I couldn't even exchange words at this time. A minute later, my life was gonna change. Walk down this hallway, make a left, go down here, boom, open a door. And it felt like a wind had just pushed my body back was when it, I walked it, into that I, room. I always use the phrase of, uh, it was like 25 elephants are sitting on you. You just couldn't move. It was like, you know, all this bright light. I mean, seriously, his, him and his entire family were in that room. He is such a, what I've always learned about people like Kobe Bryant was, and just getting a chance to meet him and what he said about Jeremy Treatment, he is, he was such a showman. And that's why I was heartbroken when I had found out when he had passed away uh, suddenly because the whole world had just stopped for a brief moment. They had thought it was like somebody had punched everyone in the face. Shaquille yeah. O'Neal said it, mm-hmm. and Dwayne Wade said it, and Ernie Johnson said it, and every NBA player, Tracy McGrady, mm-hmm. did the same exact thing. I mean, Kobe Bryant... And I think what was even cooler is is what he said to you. I, I oh, want to yeah. know, what, what, no, what this, was that? This was the best part, voice. Please, go ahead. So, we walk in, and like I said before, I'm with five to six people next to me. You know, we're, we're kind of scared. We're next to Saint each Joe's, other. <laughs> Who wants to Saint step Joe's, up first? These are, you're with St. Joe yeah. girls. You would never you're, think, right? Well, you know, you seem like the type of person that I've always thought could be friends with anybody. It doesn't matter really who you're hanging right. out with. knew yes. him for a while. But, um, you know, I walk right in, and... The first thing, you know, nobody's directing this, nobody's orchestrating this. The first thing he says, he points to me and says, Villanova, right? No. And everybody's just shocked. What? Like, we're, you're already shocked meeting what? Kobe Bryant, and mind you, his beautiful family is right here. next to him. And I'm like, He yeah. knew you went to Villanova. Knew I went to Villanova. Pointed at me, you know, a little confused face because he thought it was me and asked the question. Yeah. Second question, how are your knees, he asked me. So he knew you went there and he knew of your injuries. He knew so he's where been I follow- played, so, story, so Kobe's been following. Adversity. So Kobe Bryant has been pretty much following your career. We don't know. I don't know. I bet on it. But, you know, my entire life, first of all, my bedroom is yellow and purple walls. Kobe Bryant fat head everywhere. You've been a Collected Laker fan? Everything. Is that because, so you're a big Laker fan, big I Big Kobe fan. Have to love the as, Lakers. As are, of- as are a lot of people. Uh, this is a long time ago. You have to be a Kobe fan. You don't just have to. It's what yeah. he did for women's, what he was going to do for women's basketball because yeah. of his lovely daughter, uh, Gianna, who, again, was also in that yeah. play. Very, again, heartbroken. Shows just how bad 2020 really has oh, been yeah. mm-hmm. this entire year. Mm-hmm. The first day you lose David Stern, who helped build the NBA mm-hmm. for the last 25 years, oh, yeah. and then a few weeks later... The guy that everybody not only really, I think, exemplified of respect, but I mean, you got to think about what he built his school, his sneaker, his shirt, his pants, the entire way of the basketball life. And you seem like the type of person, Adriana Hahn, that just seemed like she was a big Kobe fan. Oh, on the court, everything, his mamba mentality. Um, Did you like the you way know, he played um, when he was playing? Which Were you a fan of Shaquille O'Neal with yeah, the was. days that those I mean, two were? I was a little young, you know. Uh, I kind of saw Kobe Oh, play. he was... When yeah. they played the Sixers in 2001... I, I would watch highlights. And I went study. to the game. I went to game... I want to say game three of the NBA Finals. Uh, there was nothing like it. The atmosphere was amazing down in Philadelphia. But I just knew... 
I was in the form of, of greatness because I just said to myself, there is no way that Allen Iverson and the Sixers are going to beat this guy. He was above the game at that time. And, you know, it led to those five NBA championships. And I, I just, I'm blown away. Again, that is, that's a really uh, uh, great story. All right, so here we are t- today in the present. You graduated from Villanova. And I understand that it was three years that you went to school because yes. you had to take summer classes. Yes, I got Now, I did you want to play in the WNBA at the time? We brought this before we got on camera. I asked you about the WNBA. Are you still considering trying to make it a, a run for the WNBA now? You know, politically, it was very hard for me to even make a run. Because you played against some of those girls. I've played against in, almost everyone in the WNBA from, unless they're Elena Deladon's you know, age. Right, from from uh, Brittany Griner, right? A little older. Still older. All right, so what about, she, Brittany, uh, Skyler, and Elena were in the same draft class. Okay, what about uh, what about the girl who plays in Seattle, the UConn girl? Um, oh, because uh, I just literally just had a brain meltdown with, with her name. Um, who dated Javon Pinkston, by the way, at Villanova. Brianna Stewart. Brianna Stewart, yes, that's correct. older. Now, did you have a respect for, for these most of these girls? Oh, of course. I still do, to this day. How about Natasha Cloud, who, who had a great run at St. Joe's? Yes. Were I, you two rivals? Well, you know, I actually, when I was, I remember when I visited Maryland, Natasha was actually there as a player. So we go really way back. Um, Were you a fan of her? Yeah, of course. Yeah. And then when she went to St. Joe's... Um, you know, I was really shocked how she got to the WNBA from that university and yeah. that league. Uh, because, you know, you asked me, Villanova, I didn't even get a look, and I'm in the Big East. Very strong conference. Um, and we actually had Atisha Heideman from Marquette my year yes. get drafted to the Connecticut um, Suns. Yes. So, you know, it was there. And, you know, I beat a record, I beat two records my senior year. You know, I was preseason first team stuff. Uh, all, all these things. So I was like, why is this not happening for me? I knew everybody that and, played. And that's why, and it kind of seems like that's why you decided to brand Hot Hoops. Now, what made you want to brand the Hot Hoops? Um, is it because of the say, WNB? Because you did make the WNB? No, I will say that, you know, honestly, my entire life, it was always to build my name. Make my name big. Was it? And and this is this is all leading through the Instagram photos Instagram, you're taking. Um, the basketball the success. Twitter. The basketball success. Trust me, I would not want to sell my brand the way I did if I was not successful at basketball. You were very successful at basketball. People knew, regardless of my pictures, that I would ball you up on the court. Well, you backed it up on the basketball. Of course. Court. So that was first and foremost. Is everything needs to be backed up. And now you're teaching children. Right. The next part. Okay, so let's, let's build finish. My name let's for let's the finish. Hoops. Let's finish. Yeah, we're going to yes. finish the story. All right, I finish want the story. My training business to be the best training business in the country. The same way it was when you were a basketball player at Ursuline at Villanova. Yes. I want to be. You're using the. You, you want to have a slogan called I want to be. Uh, you know, hot hoops. We want to be <laughs> the best. Well say it, the we, best. we are the. We want to be the best. Right. We Is that right? The best. Is that true? Yes. No. And I want to. And I want to know. And best doesn't mean skill. Okay. Best means best version of yourself. Best open door. Best door you open for yourself. Best opportunity and possibility. You're opening um, that door for other girls. I saw an eighth grader yeah. again that 
you know, that I just spoke with a few minutes ago. And I, I made it, I had to, of course, make a little joke and saying, hey, she's probably the next Adriana Hahn, <laughs> and she could make a name for herself. Yeah. Are you instilling that in these young girls today? Oh, yeah. It is very high level, and there are a lot of things that I have to do. You know, some of, some of my clients don't even have these goals and expectations of wanting to be the best, and I have to show them that perspective um, that a lot of people, like I said before, don't. Uh, support wanting to be the best well, it's, types it's, of kids, yeah, it's, especially it's, at a young age. You know, well, you if you aren't the here. best, right. you could right. have all these negative things happen to you and not be able to handle it. So you work here, you, Lamar, and yes. of course the great Trevor Cootie. Yes. Uh, you formed a, what's called sort of a, like a, what's called like a TED camp. Yeah, so tr- Trevor runs his Team 10 stuff um, at the field house. you were number 10 at Villanova. no. 31. You were number 10. I was only 31 ever in my entire really? life. Really? Because I swear, I had thought it was perfect. Three people <laughs> at that school, might as well call you the mod squad, yeah, were all no, number 10. No, and I couldn't voice. believe it. You know I have to be different? What, we all what, have what, to. what great shooter ever wore 31? All right, so, what, let's, <laughs> all right, so let's, let's, all right, but let's get into what we learned here today. Today, again, young girls and boys were getting trained by you. Yes. What do you instill in this camp? Uh, one high level and high work. Um, I think that needs to go hand in hand because a lot of the times when kids come here and they're exposed to high level footwork they've never seen before, drills that require four to five things to be done except one, two, you know, we're not doing simple layups. We are advanced and you have to want to be advanced while also wanting to be advanced without having any knowledge of being advanced or knowing what that takes. You have to, it's called, you know, being thrown in the fire and be willing to want to be thrown in the fire and be able to handle it can you die out the fire or can you then spark fire somewhere else you have to be able to know you have to walk in and know you might not know something no you might not be able to do it no you might not be able to shoot this far make this long pass whatever but if you try that's step one if you envision yourself doing it that's step two okay maybe maybe reverse the two i don't know then you get better. Day one goes by, day two. Now we advance the footwork. I see my kids progress in 10 seconds. Not being able to do a step back, boom, now they got it. That's step one. You have to be willing to try, and I'm hard on my kids too. I throw them in the fire on purpose. When a kid messes up, I make them feel exposed. You have to have that feeling of exposure and of not wanting to be exposed and wanting to expose somebody else. That's the competitive nature of the sport. Now, if somebody tries to expose me, I can handle that. Right? What do you mean? And now by, the next uh, step I expose? will do is try to expose somebody else. So what do you mean by expose? Give my opponent thirty. Okay. I can see that. They want to recruit that girl, I'm taking that scholarship from her. I'm going to make that coach want me over her. Because that's what you did when you were in yes. high school. At a, at a you ha- I want to be better than Elena Delanon. I am better than Elena. Uh, that's I the competitive it, nature. Thank yeah. you, boys. Yeah, 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 look, yeah, yeah. look. I also have to give credit where it's due. And, you know, people always talk about, oh, he's the best player to ever play in the NBA. Players have all sets, different types of skill sets. Yeah, but LeBron, like a LeBron James always said he wanted to be better than Kobe. He wanted to be better than Jordan. Different skill sets. Sure. Now, 
Kobe's much more like Jordan and Jordan's much more like Kobe, you know, LeBron. But every player emulates somebody else from the past, I believe, as a skill well, set. Look at, look at what we've got now, you know, with this next class that's coming in. Each class oh, yeah. that comes in every single year, they're all saying the same exact thing. And that's, I want to be better than the next, I want to be better than that other type of person. You've you, learned. you have to try to want to be the best because guess what, voice? My best idea was WNBA. My yeah. best goal was playing at the highest level, WNBA, MVP of the WNBA. This will never happen in my existence. Tomorrow, will I go to bed tonight thinking that will happen? Yes. Right? Yeah. If I never thought and pictured myself of being the best and working to be the best, people like Kobe Bryant would have never recognized me. People like Elena Deladon, when I was in fourth grade, would have never taken me to a WNBA game. And people and like this. Alicia Lewis, who ended up having going it's, on to it's play a college, down cycle. It's sort of like a because um, Alicia, who I got to know, and her mom, I got to know really, really well. Okay. You inspired her, mm-hmm. just like Elena inspired you, it's just a like Kobe. Cycle yeah, it's like it just it goes kind That's of. That's like why if I don't do it, there's a problem. And now, when you see athletes who don't do what I'm doing professional athletes because it's much easier when you wear that jersey and have that professionalism status it blows my mind why they're not doing it and that's you don't have to everyday hands-on kids like me training cone drills public speaking live things on instagram we have so much social media and technology everybody wants a check for something everybody has a price you have to manage. Yeah. You have to give and know the value of giving and what you, and how beyond that. Somebody can't pay pay for training. All right, I'll make them a separate program deal. Somebody lives two hours away. You know, I might meet halfway. Somebody can't get out of this community. I'm gonna figure out how to make somebody's situation different for it to be better down the line. Sure. That is out of their control. Yes. And I have played in so many different gyms, so many different teams, coaches, in front of different scouts, met different college coaches that have different expectations. Absolutely. You have to be able to handle that. So I also see what these kids have to face in order to get to where I was. And I know it's impossible. Yeah. So I have to go like this, grab them by the back of the shirt. Got it, you got it, over the years, and then they'll be able to carry it for themselves. You've learned definitely from the best. Now, how can people, uh, before we wrap this up, yes. and again, I wanted to just say that this is probably the best podcast that I've done, and I'm it's glad. great to see you as always. always. Uh, you look amazing. Thank you, um, How can people follow you on social media? Oh, wow. Um, you know, Adriana Han. I try to keep my username simple. Adriana Han, Adriana Han. And then Han no. Hoops, I believe, on Twitter. Is that Han correct? Han Hoops. Uh, we got Han Hoops, Facebook, Instagram. Um, I'm, I'm very engaged on LinkedIn. I know a lot of people don't use that professional social media yeah. network, but I am on it's there. It's a great, it's a great way to meet. It's, uh, it's amazing. Well, what is your, okay, so what is your final uh, message that you would have to aspiring girls and boys that want to try to get into the basketball world and then eventually kind of get into life? For me, um, I was exposed to it at a young age so when i think about you know why do i love basketball it was almost like second nature for me yeah um i wouldn't be who i am without it 
So first, you know, that came because I researched and put myself in that space. I watched basketball on TV and started to like it. I liked watching girls basketball players on TV playing for a university in front of the camera. I wanted to be that. So that's where it's, so you have to want to see yourself in somebody else's shoes. Or you see somebody in that space and you want to be different somehow or better. You have to see it first. Me watching NBA, WWE, me wanting to be there, envisioning myself having it or being better, and then doing everything you can until you get there without letting anybody or anything come in between your way. There's more downs than ups. Oh, we all... But the ups are so great (laughs) that you will do anything to get there. Yeah. If you really want that. So I will say, boom, one, research, educate the game, teach yourself, watch expose yourself then from there when you put in the amount of time and effort to do that you're gonna start wanting to see yourself in those spots yeah then you'll put the work in and the time to actually get there we certainly i'm listening to that Uh, i can't even again say thank you enough again Uh, jake schwartz here for the voice report with former Villanova, Ursula, and now the president of Hod Hoops here in the city of Wilmington, Delaware, Adrian Hod. We appreciate you coming on. Uh, again, enjoy the holiday season, and we'll definitely catch up with you down the road. Thank you, boys. Thank you.